This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit subscribe, share this with your team, and let's join Pastor Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. second welcome back to the podcast my name's clark i'm one of the team members here and so glad you've joined us and maybe this is actually your first time i just want to say welcome i'm glad you're here and if you find yourself in that spot in that tension where you're not the one in charge but you're still leading you're you're in the proverbial second chair uh, welcome. You found your family of uncommon church builders. We're a community who just wants to do it right for their church, for their pastor. Um, and so welcome. Today we have a great conversation with Pastor Pace Hartfield later in the episode. But first, we actually have something new for you. To start off the episode, we're going to lean into a few lessons learned from the second chair and we get to have one of our leading second team members taylor Purcello, talk to us about five gifts that you can give to your pastor let's listen in I'm Taylor Priscello, and I serve as the operations executive at Genesis Church in good old Spokane, Washington. And I want to share with you all five gifts that you give to your pastor. These are just a few lessons that I have learned along the way in my journey as a second chair leader. And it's my hope that you're encouraged by them today. So let's dive in. Number one, be a multiplier. When you learn to duplicate yourself by multiplying and growing the talent of others, when you learn to work through a team, your pastor's load is lighter. That means that their investment into you extends beyond just you. You actually become a multiplying leader or a multiplying hire and an incredible asset to your organization. Your pastor is able to accomplish so much more through you with far less energy expended and the ball moves down the field with so much more momentum. So be a multiplier. Number two, stay flexible. You give your pastor a great gift when you stay adaptable in your methodology and your execution. When plans change and directions change, be the first one to say, let's go. This was really hard for me, but I have just learned so, there's been so much uh, gold and value added to my leadership by staying flexible. Number three, just figure it out. <laughs> it's a gift to your pastor when you can do everything you possibly can to find the solution before they're even aware that there's a problem. When you can see problems before they do and work really quick to solve them, you lighten their load and you, you help keep them running fast and distraction free. You're in your position because they trust you. So honor and leverage their trust to hold their arms up high by being a world-class problem solver. Bringing intentional and well-thought-out solutions is far more attractive and life-giving than throwing more problems onto their already burdened shoulders. Just figure it out. <laughs> Number four, be disciplined. Some of the best leaders out there are the best leaders because of discipline. In their relationship with God, their prayer, their study, 
and their lifestyle habits. Yes, even eating well and working out matters. Discipline carries you, carries you when motivation fails. So lean into discipline and let your motivation catch up if it needs to be disciplined. Number five, stay hungry for God. Probably the most important one, right? Hungry leaders are a gift to pastors. Hungry leaders carry a God confidence, a God authority, and a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you are constantly hungry for God and in pursuit of the heart of God, your life as a leader gets bigger. It expands. Your capacity is stretched and your heart grows bold. A hunger for God gives way to life to the full, to what 2 Corinthians 6, 11 calls a wide open, spacious life. And what a gift this is to your pastor. So stay hungry for God. I hope this blessed you all today. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Well, for today's episode, we're continuing our series, Healthy Hustle. Throughout this series, our goal is to break down the dichotomy between hard work and rest. And we want to equip you to run at a sustainable pace in the season. So I get to welcome Pastor Pace Hartfield, the lead pastor at One Place Church in Hayden, Idaho, who sits down with uh, Pastor Brandon Stewart to talk about how to avoid burnout. So let's listen in. Well, Pace, so good to have you back on the Leading Second podcast with us today. Uh, why don't you say what's up to everybody? What's up, Brandon? Man, I love you like crazy, and it's an honor to be with you. This is always a joy, and um, I love this this family we have, um, our team church family, and, and beyond that with um, Leading Second. So it's always an honor. Thank you. Yeah, this is, this is a treat and an honor for us. Uh, we love your family. And uh, we love your church. You're building a really, really special church in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Why don't you brag on One Place Church for a second? Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we love it. And this, it's a great place to be. And God um, has brought in bringing us uh, tremendous um, people to advance his kingdom here in the Northwest and be an epicenter for a move that we believe is going to impact beyond the Northwest. But um, yeah, it, I feel like I'm. Um, serving God in paradise in a lot of ways, but it, you know, it comes with its, its own difficulties, but I love our church. I love our people and I love what we're doing, you know, collectively to see people rescued and united in Jesus. Beautiful. We love having you in the Northwest, love having you, I guess, down the street and um, thankful for that. I am also joined today uh, by the man, the myth, the style icon himself, Jonathan (laughs) O'Reilly. Say what's up to everybody, John. What's up, everybody? I don't know about style icon, but you know, I, I try to help you out as much as I can. That's <laughs> I'm 40 and I realize I can't wear what Gen Z's wearing. John, help me. Help us all. Uh help no, John's gonna you're from the the Rock Church in Kansas City. Rock KC, yeah, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, in the Midwest, building building the kingdom. And uh it's uh, I serve as our executive pastor and just building team, building people. And, and we're having, uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. You guys have a great church and a great team. I love you guys a lot. Been, been going there for a lot of years now. And, uh, Jonathan's going to help me to interview Pace because uh, Pace, I really feel like there is some gold in you and what we're going to talk about today and really respect how you, how you lead in, in this space. So today we're in this series on, on a healthy hustle 
And, and what, what does that look like, especially as we make our way and we come to terms with the new reality we're all leading in and the challenges that the unique challenges that we're facing in the season right now, um, man, I'm just more convinced than ever that we need healthy leaders in the kingdom that, that we, we, we need to hustle, but we need a healthy hustle about us. And so we've just kind of devoted a few episodes here to that thought. And today, Pace, um, I would love for you to help us answer the question a bit or, or look at it. How do I avoid burnout? The big B, uh, avoid burnout because Lord knows you just don't have to be in ministry very long until you probably see that somewhere, at least on the horizon, and I think we can, um, I do think we can, we can stay healthy as leaders, even as we go the distance. So maybe get us started today and just, have you seen this tension of a healthy hustle in your own life and in your own ministry? Every day, every day. <laughs> I think, I think, I think God has created us to, to give ourselves fully to things. And so if you love what you do, you're going to have attention constantly of, just wanting to just go all in and give yourself fully to it. And then, yeah, of course, the tension becomes, you know, can you go so all in that you lose sight of, you know, what's most important? Can your, can your uh, motivations and your drivers get off a little bit? And I think that's where burnout and, and stuff kind of comes in, but, you know, ultimately I think um, we have to really, we have to really be aware of our, um, interior resource if you will and i think that's that's where we we as leaders uh in the church not just in the church but in corporate world as well is we um we are so good at exterior things and building our exterior but we we really struggle with um developing interior resource has there ever been a season where you did stare down um burnout or you stared down just you're just feeling heavy and weighed down by the seas and i guess have you found yourself in that space uh before where where it, it was different than the normal grind yeah i think of two instances one was you know uh you know eight years ago i was serving in um at a church and phenomenal church in the dallas fort worth area and things were going phenomenal. And uh, one of the roles that I had in that season was I was a campus pastor for our downtown Dallas campus. And I remember after the day, we had had a huge day of ministry, you know, great attendance. We baptized a ton of people. And I was like really, really excited about the moment, you know, and so as a leader, of course, you want to maximize on that moment. You want to celebrate. So I remember getting our team together into a huddle and just to celebrate the moment and kind of lead that, you know, that's what leaders do. Right. And kind of leading that moment. And as I was leading in the moment to celebrate the wins and to be, you know, praise God, let's go look what God has done. As I'm watching them cheer and high five one another, um, I had a moment where, and I think it was a divine I mean, a God moment where I realized um, I know I'm supposed to feel joy right now. I know I'm supposed to feel happy right now, but I don't feel it. I know, I know like it's registering. Yeah, of course, celebration, look what God has done. But I, I literally was numb on the inside. Wow. And, uh, 
it really set me back. I remember going home that afternoon and, and, and trying to think when was the last time I felt like literally felt, I think that's part of the danger of, of burnout is, is numbness can set in. And I think numbness actually, you know, is kind of the last straw before you really kind of fall off the cliff. Hmm. And I think sometimes we we can think of these things in terms of dramatic moments that happen, which which certainly that does. But would you say that there's maybe more moments where it's just a slow drift toward that? Or, or yeah, I think like you that? get to burnout because of that slow drift, Brandon. I really do. I don't think it's um, you know just one. It's not one just busy season that pushes you over. There's a there's a really good chance. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the thought of, um, of a sinkhole, um, you know, the way sinkholes happen, they happen a lot in Florida, right? And the way sinkholes happen is during seasons of drought, um, the, the streams that are underneath the ground erode away the support of the, the, what's above the ground. And eventually what's above the ground is so heavy that it collapses and sinks you know, and so that's happens though through seasons. So burnout, it may be like COVID hits and you finally burn out or whatever the extreme thing is that has happened. You've got a busy season and you finally collapse, but it's been seasons of drought that have caused the deterioration in the interior so that what's above the ground can, you know, on what's underneath can't support what's above. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. Um, I love, and maybe you could just take a minute to unpack this for us. I've loved when I've heard you talk about this subject, I've loved how you talk about the idea of drivers. And I think I just want to set you loose for a minute. What are drivers and how did you become aware of yours and and what was driving your life? Um, I just would say, you know, in my mind, drivers are your intention or motivation Um, you know, it's the why behind the, what it's, what is it? Why are you really doing what you're doing? What is, what's pushing you, what's driving you, um, to be the best at what you do to show up, to, you know, say yes to your calling. What, what are the real drivers in a moment that I realized, um, and became very aware of some unhealthy drivers in my life was, a, a moment um, won't go into too great detail, but in a moment where my lead pastor said some hard things to me that were true, um, but they wounded me in a way that they shouldn't have. And mm-hmm. in, in that moment, mm-hmm. what, it, what it helped me do is realize that I had made leaders in my life an idol. And so for me, an unhealthy driver was approval. Um, you know, competition, wanting to be the best because at the end of the day, I wanted, I wanted my coach, my father, my pastor, whoever it was, whatever leader it was in my life, I wanted and needed their approval. So Mm. that's what I mean by drivers is kind of coming down. And at the end of the day, if it's an unhealthy driver, more than likely it's an idol in your life. It's a counterfeit God in your life. It's anything that you put above, you know, God's priority in your life. Mm. It's great pace. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit, you know, again, obviously it's a great self audit to really identify, Hey, what, what are the driver? What are the driving factors of the main drivers in my life? You, you had mentioned something to, to the degree of just 
drivers can reveal obviously different things. So drivers can reveal like lack of order, maybe, maybe speak on that a little bit. So what, I, I go back to the moment where I realized that my driver was off. Um, it actually, my, my pride got assaulted. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, um, my pride got punched and it broke me and it broke me in a, in a good way, yeah. you know? And so I finally got to a point, I got to a point in that moment where, um, there was some soul searching, if you will, search me and know me, God, <laughs> you know, kind of a moment. And it's in that moment where it's a disruption, right? It's in, so there, there are times when, when Jesus disrupts our lives in revealing to us, you know, an unhealthy habit, a sin, right. an unhealthy driver. And really what he wants in that moment is, Hey, I want to know your intention to change because if, mm. if, if you'll at least confess and be honest with what it is that that's motivating you and driving you again, for me, it would have been the sin of pride of life for me. That's what it was. Uh, wanting to be the guy and wanting to be a great, you know, be seen as a great leader, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I think, you know, again, I don't, I don't mean to skip over the, the idol deal. Cause that's, that's so real. And I think again, all of us just looking at, you know, like you said, the why behind what we're doing, which ultimately I think big picture, the why is, Hey, we're, we're wanting to be effective for the kingdom. We're wanting to reach people for Jesus. But I think we are, we are human and there are things that get in the way and distractions and all these different things that happen. You had mentioned, um, you know, so, so maybe speaking to the young pastor, the, the leading second person that maybe they're starting to identify some of these things, but they don't have a coach or they don't have somebody that's trusted that they could go to and, and be able to, you know, flush this out with, cause I mean, that's a, that's a real thing, right? I mean, it's one thing to go to the Lord, obviously that's important, but then also to have someone that you can really just a trusted voice or what have you, what would you, what would you encourage, um, you know, somebody that's like saying, yeah, you know what pace is right. There's, there's these drivers that I'm, I'm identifying some, but there may be even more. So just maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't want to rush past the idle side of it and what you said of going to the Lord, just simply because it is in that um, moment or moments of intimacy that you, um, a leader realizes their depravity and their great need for, right. um, for Jesus to be our Lord. And yeah. To, to have, you know, and so because anything else then is about him or the leader, you know, the um, or her just trying to get it right for you or just trying to get it right for the church or just try to get it right for the sake of building the kingdom. That's all great. Um, but it's it's got to it's got to come from a place of intimacy with God yeah. of, you know what, I, um, this is an idol in my life. I love this more than I love Jesus. If I'm honest, yeah. um, because of the way I've prioritized my life, because of what's driving me, what feeds me, what, what makes my day good and what makes my day bad, you know? And if, if my good day rises and falls based off of my, uh, performance, then I'm in trouble. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in trouble. And so I would, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, the, it's owning your own, you know, calling <laughs> and owning your clarity and your calling. And that is so personal. And that's, I would say to second chair leaders is like that, you know, you, you, yes, you may be called in this season 
to serve your pastor, to serve, um, you know, your um, a student pastor, whoever it may be that you're serving under. But your calling first and foremost is to mm. is to God. <laughs> it's to Jesus. And so yeah. and that's a very personal thing. And nothing, not even your pastor can get in between that. And you have to, you have to, in a way, be selfish. You have to selfishly guard that, Yeah, you know, and hold on to that. And then out of that, then of course, have great mentors and leaders. Um, you know, one of the great practices, if you were disciplines that I, I think um, help us stay healthy is the practice of submission, <laughs> right? I mean, that's for real is yep. having people in your life that you're genuinely submitted to you know, that you, um, that you, you will come under and you trust and you say, I know again, in the, I was in a second share leader for the lion's share of my ministry. You know, I've only been a lead pastor for seven years. And so I had to learn to pray a prayer of God. If advancing your kingdom looks like nothing more than what I'm doing right now, then let that be in Jesus name. And and be submitted to um, my pastor and trusting that and trusting him. And of course, there's times when him leading me was painful and him leading me was hurtful. And maybe at times where he led me, you know, um, maybe I maybe I was a recipient of his flesh on occasion. OK, mm-hmm. here's yeah. submit. Here's submission. Submission is trusting God, you know, even in that moment and staying under his authority, staying under your pastor's authority, you know, and gracing up and understanding that maybe just maybe that God can actually also use this moment where you've been impacted by a leader to actually refine you and to make you more like Jesus and to make you more effective for the kingdom. It's great. I have a question for you that um, I have found very interesting during the COVID season here. Um, COVID, to me, this season was just a giant stress test. It was a stress test for our teams. It was a stress test, you know, for our church is kind of when, when the shaking happens, you know, what's, what's going to stand and what doesn't stand, you know, kind of an idea. And something that I noticed I have not really talked about this with anybody, but something that I've noticed is that, like you just mentioned submission, to be a second chair leader, a leader in the middle, requires continual and constant submission and self-sacrifice. Jesus said you will find your life when you lose it. And I will, I will preach that all day long till the cows come home with leading second because it's the right thing to do. But to me, the way that people put themselves second is not all created equal. And I feel like there are some leaders that over time have stuffed and have not dealt with things or have have put it aside, but done it in an unhealthy way. And then when the stress test of the season came, I saw, quite frankly, several leaders, even in the second chair, just go completely crazy. Because it was it was like things that they had not dealt with and put aside really came rushing back to the surface in our stress test of a, of a season. And so I'm, it's a long way of asking my question, but I'm just wondering, how do we stay healthy even when our role we requires submission over the long haul? Because for some of us, 
I mean, I, I put myself in this camp. This will very likely be the rest of my life. The rest of my life will be defined by laying me aside to serve my church, my pastor, its vision. And how do we stay healthy with that, that continual constant sense of, of submission and self-sacrifice to our work? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Um, I think COVID, what it, what it forced us to do was to simplify. Mm. And for, for those who, for the leaders, you know, whether they're, you know, lead pastors or, or second chair leaders, um, for leaders who already, uh, were, laser focused and simplified in what they were doing. They actually weathered, they came out of COVID better for those who did not have an ordered life, an ordered heart. Um, when COVID hit, then man, they were forced to simplify, right? It's like, Oh my gosh. And so now you have this crisis, like, you know, all the metrics that they had that made them feel good and don't matter any longer. So now there's a new set of metrics that I'm looking at and they're simple, you know? So I think there's that side of this is a simple answer, but it's, it's a simple of, Hey, slow down, simplify and do what only what really matters. Hmm. What has simplifying looked like for you? over, over the last 18 months? You know, it's funny. Um, I was, so Sunday nights, my Sunday night rhythms, and maybe we'll get into this later, but, um, Sunday night, I'm always with my brother-in-law and this Sunday was no, was no different. And I was face actually FaceTiming with two of my great pastor friends, um, or three actually Josh Bingle, Carrie Robinson and, um, uh, and, uh, Jason, and, um, and we were just talking about the weekend, right? We just, Hey, how'd it go? And, you know, we had a phenomenal weekend. We had baptisms, we had new families, we had, you know, everything was up. Everything was great except attendance. And, uh, and I was bummed out and I was bummed out that I was bummed out, <laughs> you know, like, because honestly, I thought that maybe COVID would have kind of beaten some of that out of me. Wow. You know, and so simplifying for me in this season, I mean, for me, Brandon, it's a, it's a daily battle, man. It's a daily battle. Like I, I have to constantly um, go to my father and, and get my marching orders. I have to constantly go and, you know, one of my habits is I pray through the Lord's prayer, but I do it in a personal way. And, um, man, when you get to that part of your kingdom come, your will be done. Right. You know, um, you, you, you then, you know, you then begin looking at a different metric, you know, and the metric is God, I just want to be in alignment with what it is that you're doing. And I want to find peace out of that. I want to find confidence in that. I want to find my fuel in that, that I know that I know that I know that I'm, I'm doing his work and I'm accomplishing his will. Yep. And that every other, every other driver, every other metric that, man, it makes me feel good. Like all those other things that they were up. It's like, Oh man, it feeds the, 
Oh, look what I've accomplished. And look what, man, I must be a good leader because these things were happening, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I'm just shooting it straight in that. So I'm, I'm, I think for me, it's like, you know, I, I, I definitely learned some things during the COVID season. I think we all did, but I find myself and I'm, I'm hearing other pastors as well. I find myself slipping back. Hmm. We're slipping back to, um, to old metric and what those metrics make us feel. And it's, it's, it's just so dangerous. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's really great. And, um, I, I guess I just echo what you're, what you're saying and maybe even say it differently. I, I feel like for me, I've had to redefine what it meant to win in this, in this season. And I, I feel like maybe you speak to this. I feel like there are leaders out there that are winning sometimes in ways they don't even know, but because we get our eyes um, set on some arbitrary goal, you know, we think if I hit this place, I'll be satisfied. Or if I hit this place and, and I think you and I both, the three of us have been in ministry long enough now to know you don't, you either arrive at those places and realize that that was just, that was just some arbitrary goal or place. It really didn't mean what we thought it was going to mean, or, you know, the goalposts shift in some way. And I, I hate that, that there are leaders that end up discontent in their call and they're winning and they don't even know they're winning because they're, 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 they're discontent because they haven't reached some, some specific marker or place where they told themselves when I get there, I'll, I'll be successful or I'll feel successful. Or, you know, I guess, how are you defining a, a win for yourself and for your family in, in this season? Where, where my mind goes first with it, Brennan is, um, you know, the, I, I know it's, it's a book that has, you know, been like, read by so many people in this season is John Mark Comer's book, you know, the ruthless sure. elimination right. of hurry. And, and he, and he talks about in that book, um, potential and limitation and understanding that we, we are both, we're dualistic in this and that we are, he goes back to Genesis, you know, where we, you know, are made out of the dust but, you know, we're also then have the breath of right. God. And so we're, we're image and dust. We are made in the image of God, but are also made out of dust. So in that, he says, he talks about how that's both our purpose and our limita- and our limitations, you know. And so for me in this season is continuing to hold on to the clarity of my, my potential and purpose, uh, that that is grounded and founded in who I am in, in, in Christ. That's my potential. My potential is in that it's founded and grounded in that it's not founded and grounded in how big my church is or grounded and founded in, you know, what other leaders, honestly, that's for me as a pride of life. It's like, do other leaders think I'm a good leader, you know? Um, So it's my, my purpose or my potential, my image has got, if I'm, if I'm made in the image of God, my, my, my confidence has to be in that. Yeah. You know, but then I have to also fully embrace my limitation and fully embrace that. You know what? Um, I'm limited. Every one of us are limited in time. My body can only do so much. My mind can only do so much. Right. My I mean, my education can only take me so far. 
So we have, you know, my family origin, all these things. We have all these things that make up our limitations. And COVID was like a revealer of that, right? Like of our right, limitations. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, so that, that, that would be it for me, Brandon is, is pushing in, remembering what, you know, what my true potential is, but also being very aware of my limitations and then building a lifestyle that, that keeps me grounded in my drivers correctly, moving me towards my potential and I, and, and going hard after it, yep. you know? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Like, boom, go hard after it. But then also understand my limitations in my flesh and, you know, and, and the battle, you know, with those things. That's great. Yeah, Pace, I know we've, we've all been in ministry enough to know people will ask the, the crazy question of like, how do I, how do I balance all this? Right. And at the end of the day, we know balance is a myth. And, and I love what Brandon often says is it's not about balance. It's about rhythm and finding, finding the right rhythms. And, you know, we talk about limitations and we talk about how do we avoid burnout? How do we, you know, healthy hustle? What, what are maybe some, some rhythms that you have found to be just great in the day to day, week to week, what are things you've observed from others Maybe maybe talk on rhythm space a, a little bit. So first is starting out with um, simplifying what matters most. Yeah, great. So so starting there, and so and 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 some of those things, obviously, at the top of that is Jesus. You know, so that's you know that's got to be a given because out of that flows everything, right? But then within that um, goes, okay, then what are the priorities that I need you know to have? So. So some, some habits in my life is, so I've got a personal coach in my life who helps me focus. Um, and I'll go through seasons, maybe go through three months where, you know what I need my, my family life needs sharpening. I need to get, I need to like ratchet down and, and get some hyper-focus in this area or my friend, my friends, the side of my life, relational life, you know, could get better. My finances. So there's these things where, he will, um, for lack of better words, drill down what's most important to you in this season. And then let's create a 20 mile march in which I'm going to keep you accountable to it. So that's one thing is having someone in my life Great. who is helping me get out of my head, what I value and what I feel like, man, this is what is most important in this season. And, and then be, help me create some structure and some accountability to make sure that I'm marching towards that. Okay. Um, you know, within that, there's some things that are steady always my date, my date night with my wife, you know, that's a, that's a steady, um, my, I mentioned you a minute ago, my being with my brother-in-law most Sunday nights, that is, that is a healthy habit in my life because what I have found is I've seen too many of my friends and leaders um, fall on Sunday or Monday, Sunday night or Monday. Like, because what's happening is there's a letdown. There's a letdown from the adrenaline of the weekend. And so I've, I've just learned to be in a safe place in the letdown, you know? Good, and yeah. so, so yeah. that's a, that's a habit for me is, is, is that, and man, that, that, I mean, honestly, that has me up late 
You know, I'm I'm up early Sunday morning, 3.30 a.m. as part of my flow um, and, and prep. But then I'm usually not in bed until, you know, 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Monday morning. But part of that is just making sure that I'm in a, in a safe place for my letdown and waiting for that letdown to come because wow. I know it's going to kind of come. And then I get a little letter start um, on Monday. Um, another healthy thing is, man, I know for me, it's one of those keystone habits, if you will, but exercise, if I'm, you know, I CrossFit, if I don't get those three CrossFit workouts a week, workouts a week, I'm, I just know that uh, some other things are going to be loose. It's usually an indicator that, yep. you know, I'm, um, I'm in a hurry, you know, and I, I begin to like, you know, put some things down. Um, and then I know I mentioned a minute ago too, but I'm telling you, it's been, I've done it for a long time and it's been one of the, I don't know. Um, I think one of the most grounding things for me is, is daily praying through the Lord's prayer and to make it my, my own. So for example, just sometimes I just get stuck at the beginning father. Right. Heaven. Right. And right. I just, thank you. Heavenly father, who am I that you're mindful of me? Hmm. You know, I miss my earthly father, but I thank you that today you're my heavenly father, you know? And so um, I think when, for me, at least when I start there and then move my way, last thing that I pray about is my needs, right? Cause God already knows them, <laughs> but my prayers are bigger. They're more bold. Um, they're more clear. Hopefully they're aligned to the kingdom. Hmm. You know? Um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right. Great. So those would be a few. And then Brandon knows I fish a lot. Um, yep. and, um, and that's very intentional and listen, it's like, it's like, I, I work hard to fish Yep. because I know something, something happens when I fish, it's like, I'm focused on fishing. And so when I'm focused on fishing, I'm not focused on staff development and expansion for the church. And, you know, even my family, I'm focused on fishing, <laughs> yep. you know, and there's a relief and a refreshing you know, it's a refreshing time for me. So good. Hey, talk to us, I guess, as we get ready to um, wrap this up, talk to us as a lead pastor for a minute, because I, I I love your season in the second chair. I always want to hear from you on it. But talk to us now as a lead pastor. Um, this question, what do you want to hear from your staff or your team if they're not doing well? Because and, and the the qualification on this question is, I feel like, maybe you validate this too, I feel like um, we struggle sometimes in the middle to like know how to raise our hand and say, I'm not okay right now. We're worried about our employment or we're worried about looking weak or we're worried about looking incompetent or, or whatever. And um, I'm here to hopefully, like one of my missions in leading second is to break off the shame that, that, that those moments come with for leaders in the middle and get some leaders who need help, some help. So like, what do you want to hear from a leader when, when they're just quite frankly, not doing well? I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear them own their order and not blame their circumstance. Mm. You know, I want to, I want to hear them say, where, you know, maybe where they have slipped or why, why are they in the place where they are? 
You know, I want to hear them say, Hey, pastor, I'm, I'm not in a good place. My, you know, my, my wife is not happy because I've been working late a lot. And if I'm honest, I'm working a late a lot because, you know, there's some lack of discipline in my life and I need, you see what I'm saying? And it may not be that for the person, but I'm just saying like that they would at least own their part because the easy is to blame and to point and to make the leader or the organization, the enemy. And I know for me, at least lying nine times out of 10, when I was not doing well in the second chair, it was really more about me versus my leader. You know, I, I would say that I want you to, I want, I want to, I want them to own their order. Don't blame. Um, I want them to, but I want them to um, be open and clear about where their struggle is. Yeah. You know, cause I can't, I can't help or speak into what you speak to me vaguely about, mm. you know? And so if you, if you're going to, you know, tell me, Hey, I just need a little bit of time to work on my marriage. Um, things could be better there. Um, well, okay. Is your wife about to leave you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, did she catch you looking at porn? And that's why there's some challenge here. <laughs> you know, right. Tom, talk to me. Like what, what's, what's really, you know, what's really going on. Right. You know, it, um, I actually had to do this this spring and I always try to be the one that's like strong for my pastor, try to live leading second, you know, but our, our baby was born really early and it was like life just hit. And we were also headed into the busiest time of the year for team church, you know, the three months leading up to team church conference and all of it. And I gave it a week or two kind of getting into it. And I realized, shoot, this is going to be a slog. This is, this is, I'm not getting out of this anytime soon, you know? And I didn't want to, but I raised my hand. I got a meeting with my pastor and I said, I'm not doing well right now. I just, I I'm, I'm waving the white flag. I'm going to have to turn away for a little bit. Um, and it's, it's, I've never really had to do that. You know, I, I didn't enjoy doing that, but I just found the greatest support and help from my pastor you know, in, in that moment. And I, don't you think there's, there's fear there. There, there, there's a, a irrational fear, um, of, of oh, just owning those moments. And I, 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 I didn't want him to think I couldn't manage things or didn't want to lead. And, um, and anyways, I just, I just found such an incredible s- support system from him. He, he, he jumped in and helped me problem solve and he, surrounded us with, with support and resources. And, and, you know, I looking back now, I'm like, man, why haven't I done that more? If, if, when I've needed it, you know, why did I ever attempt to hide or, or plow through, you know? So I, I, I'm hopefully that that's just my story. That was this year. Um, but I feel like we emerged healthy from it, you know, and I realized I wasn't alone. Well, and that's one of those disrupting moments that reveals a driver in your life. 
you don't do not want to disappoint. Yep. And that's and that that can be there's a there's a there's a good part of that, but there's a shadow side of that, right? You know, um, and I think part of the reasons Pastor, your, you know, Pastor Kevin met you in that way that he did was he knows that you're not going anywhere. You have a track record mm. of selfless, submitted leadership, you know, and I think when when we lead in that way and then we come to our our pastor and say, I'm not doing well. You know, um, I mean, I would want to hear to back up a little bit. I would like to hear that. Pastor, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. This is not like right off the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quitting. I, But I'm in trouble, you know, because that that's a different conversation. You know, like, yeah. what are we talking about here? Am I about yeah. to have to go find a new employee? Like, yep. what's going on here? Well, you're, you're exactly right because I, and in real remembering my conversation with him, that was exactly something I just said on instinct was I said, um, I said, I'm not asking to not be involved. I said, I'm not asking to turn my cell phone off for three months and you're never going to hear from me. That's not what I'm asking. I, I have an ownership spirit that I will own, but I'm being frank with you that my limitations are probably about an hour a day. You know, and, and once I get past that, I, I'm just, you know, so I, I, and, and he, I remember him saying to me now that you said that, I remember him saying, I'm really glad that you're not asking to just go MIA. He's like, I can, I can meet you there. We can, we can figure this out. And frankly, probably a lot, not a lot of people knew. I mean, our, our team at Champion Center just gets enormous credit because they, they, they surrounded us and helped us. And probably not a lot of people knew that. The, I was, I was going on an hour a day of work, you know, and, and so to your point, I, I think that if we can show up in those moments, an ownership spirit can, can, can remain, even though just the practicalities of what it looks like in that season, you know, we're, we're different. Well, and I think that beginning to have that kind of conversation and that kind of relationship with your pastor, man, it's so rich because here's the reality as a lead pastor when we feel what you feel, we have the freedom to adjust sure. our schedule to back up, to call fewer meetings, you know. So then what we have to do as lead pastors is create an avenue for those who are leading second to be able to do the same and to feel trust, feel that it's it's okay to have the conversation. Right. And I would just say to that person in that second chair is the lead up to that conversation is how you're leading now. That's great. That's great. Being consistent, being honest, owning the clarity of your call, owning the clarity of your identity, you know, all of those things, making sure that you're operating out of an ordered heart that leads into an ordered life that your pastor can see, man, you know, this, this person, um, you, you know, they're not lazy, this is not like they're just throwing in the towel because their life's just a wreck. Absolutely. They're just a little, they're, they're, they're overwhelmed or man, every one of us has been sucker punched by life and yep. caught off guard, Yep. you know? So it's a different, yep. different conversation. Yeah. Hey, this has been really good, really rich today. Yeah. You're, you're, you're firing me up all over again, Pace. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to just, um, let you let you go on a last question here for a second. Also, thanks, John, for jumping on with us today and and really? having a good good conversation. 
uh, Pace, I'll let you send us out with the answer to this this question right here. Um, what are you most hopeful about with the local church in this season? Like, what gives you what gives you the greatest hope for the local churches we lead in this season? Seeing a remnant be refined hmm. and made stronger. Um, man, the gates of hell will not prevail. Yep. And this has been a refining, simplifying season. And I'm hopeful for the revival that is going to take place because we are, um, we're, we're, I think, I think the church as a whole is more aligned with kingdom right now than it has been in a, in a long time. I still think we have a long ways to go, but we are, I think we're healthier on the other side. You know, now we just have to avoid the temptation of going back to the old metric. Yeah. Let's burn some plows. Let's get out of that stuff. It's a new day. (laughs) It's a new time. Hey, love you guys. Thanks so much for a great conversation today. God bless you. information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.